the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This live program is sponsored by Tandem HR. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. Let's get down to business indeed. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website, at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information. You will not want to miss the live show. You call into the beautiful studio here in Elk Grove Village at 312-642-5600. And we're powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, or check out their website, tandemhr.com. So, as promised, we've got a jam-packed lineup of some fantastic people. You don't want to miss a, a minute of it. Uh, my first guest is got start, got to start pretty early on at the age of 22. Uh, he started in the cost recovery world. And in fact, I believe uh, many of the questions he, uh, he asks uh, his clients and really probably anybody uh, that he meets is, uh, are you overpaying each and every month? That's what uh, P3 Cost Analytics does. Aaron Stahl, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Shalom. Appreciate having me on. Absolutely. So, uh, Aaron, as uh, as I mentioned, you got started pretty early, and you've built up um, your uh, your business. Uh, I want to get into the growth of the business, and obviously talk about what you do. But let's start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in this line of work at age twenty two, and what that journey has looked like for you. Sure thing. Yeah, it was back in college that I first caught the entrepreneurial bug. And this business was actually not my first business. When I was 21, I recognized there was an opportunity in the real estate industry, and that was kind of the height of the housing boom or or when the housing boom was first starting out. So that was my first foray into business. I put together a team, started building some houses, and and had some success there early on. But then also kind of got caught up in the the tailwinds of the recession, and I knew the housing industry wasn't something I wanted to do long-term anyway. So I started looking around for other opportunities. And there was a company out of Florida that was training people on how to be a waste consultant in the cost reduction industry. And there wasn't really anybody in my area of the Midwest doing that. So I went down there, got trained and came back to Arkansas and opened up shops. So I went around talking to business owners and um, signed up a few clients, was able to help them save some money on their waste and recycling expenses. And then as the business grew, hired my first uh, employee in 2007. And then we just kept adding more and more expense reduction categories and growing into the company that we are today. I'm chatting with Aaron Stahl, uh, the founder and CEO of P3 Cost Analytics, and indeed it's been quite the entrepreneurial journey. 
uh, many businesses along the way, but I can't help but uh, but dig in some of the words that you uh, that you use. You talk about the tailwinds, and you talked about r- flying around, um, and I know that that is a hobby of yours. Um, you literally enjoy travel, and I believe you are a licensed pilot as well. I am. I am. I got my private pilot's license when I was 18, and it's been a passion and a hobby of mine. I've done some pretty cool adventures. I, I recently actually just got my flight instructor rating, got instrument rating as well. And I've owned a couple small airplanes over the years, did some flight instruction up in Alaska a couple of years ago. And a buddy and I, uh, and another buddy actually took a small plane and flew it down through Central and South America about 10 years ago and flew it back up through the Caribbean, um, working on a little documentary. So had a lot of fun. That's fun awesome. That. That, that's a lot of fun. And it's important, uh, the more uh, success you have in business, you need to have that uh, that hobby, but indeed that uh, that that uh, pilot's license. I know you uh, you talk frequently about um, trying to make sure that uh, you get around to help your uh, corporate clients save money, and that's really important to you. So let's get into uh, P three cost analytics. Every business, regardless of size, is spending money on utilities, telecom, waste, all those sorts of different things. But indeed, there is a lot of waste in uh, in their budgets. How? Does P3 help in the process of discovering uh, that waste and uh, or, or those uh, potential cost uh, savings? And um, what are some of the uh, good examples that you might be able to share with our listeners this evening? Sure thing. Yeah, our, our pitch is pretty simple. It's that we're going to use over 150 years of combined expertise in these cost reduction or in these categories to help reduce cost. And if we can, we simply share in those savings with our clients 50-50. And if we can't, there is no fee. So it's a, it's a completely risk-free endeavor that's guaranteed to be cash flow positive. And the easiest way to think about what we do is it's, it's really forensic accounting. We're going in there looking at our clients' invoices, looking for errors and overcharges and opportunities for savings. So a good example, uh, recently we worked for a school district and we, went to, and we found some opportunity on their telecom invoices. They had an er- error on a tax that had just been probably fat fingered by an employee. Somebody just typed in the wrong amount and it was really difficult to identify unless you're highly trained in this area. So we recognize this error and we're able to actually trace or uh, get it refunded back to the point of error, which was 11 years prior that resulted in a $150,000 back to that particular client. So that was a, that's a good example, but really we've got benchmark data on over 30,000 client locations across the country that we worked with. So we're also able to leverage that data to help our clients get the absolute best price in these categories. That's awesome, Aaron. And I know that on your website, uh, which of, of course we'll share with our listeners, uh, you talk about some of, some of the examples of your clients. You've worked with some pretty uh, fascinating examples, the Coca-Cola bottling company, uh, various municipalities all over the place, but small business uh, certainly can benefit as well. So I have, a, uh, I, I guess, a simple question, uh, but one that no doubt our listeners are curious about. You know, as an entrepreneur, um, and you've certainly been through this experience as well, uh, every dollar counts. Uh, most small business owners that I talk to look at every credit card statement so carefully um, to identify those cost savings. What is it that you are doing differently that can... Uh, you sound pretty confident uh, enough that you mm-hmm. are, uh, you're not charging uh, the businesses that you work with unless you are actually saving the money. Well, we found savings at nine out of every 10 clients that we work with. So, yes, we are pretty confident in our abilities to find savings for our clients. And it's really just because these, these industries are highly complicated. I mean, I'm not an expert in telecom or utilities. We have analysts in-house that are. 
But if you give me a, a, a telecom bill or utility bill, I'm not going to be able to identify anything. I'm an expert in waste. That's my background. But unless you specify and focus on these industries for your entire career, you're not going to be able to identify the things that we can identify. And that's just because they're highly complicated. So most of our businesses and clients are very good at what they do. They're really good at running their business. But that doesn't mean that they're experts in each category that they spend money. And that's where we come in to help. And if we can help them, we simply share the savings, so it's a risk-free endeavor. Well, that's uh, that's a great message. We say it all the time on uh, on the show that uh, business owners focus and do what you do best, and let others um, step in. But cost savings is something that really can benefit pretty much every single industry. So, Aaron, um, for uh, P three, what is too what what's uh, too small and what's too large? What what size businesses do you typically work with? We usually like to focus on the medium-sized clients around the country. We can work with anybody. Um, obviously, if they're really small and they're not spending a lot of money on these categories, then there's not likely that we're going to be able to find something. So we try to go bigger than the mom and pop, looking for multiple locations or high-volume single locations. And that can go all the way up to the Fortune 5. I mean, we could work with those companies. But for our ROI on our time, talking to uh, business owners and decision-makers, as far as finding the most money and getting through to those decision makers so they can hear about our services. It's really that, that middle market. That's great. And on your website, um, which again, we'll share in a moment, um, you provide a lot of great advice for, uh, for folks that are uh, looking, uh, you know, potentially for those examples and, and might need just some uh, inspiration of, Hey, areas that, uh, that they might be overspending. And of course they should contact mm-hmm. you uh, to talk more about it, but your, uh, your blog and your website certainly has a lot of, uh, information. So we are quickly running out of time, but as an avid traveler myself, I am curious, uh, what's the, uh, what's your favorite destination, uh, out there? Oh, well, I would say Africa for me, Africa is probably the most magical place on earth. I've been fortunate enough to do a couple safaris, one in Botswana and one in Tanzania. And I would encourage anybody to, uh, take a trip over there and experience that because it's just, it's just a whole other world. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome indeed. And uh, I've traveled a little bit uh, down in Africa and it's, uh, it's truly uh, magical. So uh, we got some cost uh, savings advice and we certainly got some travel advice as well. Aaron Stahl from P3 Cost Analytics. Aaron, uh, lots of questions coming in. Lots of people want to learn more. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is just costanalyst.com. So C-O-S-T analyst with an S.com. And you can also Reach me via email. It's probably the easiest way to get me, which is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at costanalyst.com. All right. Well, Aaron Saul, thank you so much for joining me on the air. Be sure to uh, come back and uh, keep us posted on those success stories. Um, we love to hear them. And uh, any anybody that's helping small business is fantastic. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be joined by Chris Peterson, who has an interesting entrepreneurial story himself. Um, he is an Army veteran, and he is the uh, the co-founder of Future Execs Accelerator. Looking forward to the conversation with him. We are the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to be back in just a moment. But Chicago, don't touch that dial. Uh, lots more advice information for all business owners. Uh, we talk all about business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the hundreds of shows that have been on the air. We'll be right back after, the, right back after this quick break. Welcome back to the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your Shalom Klein. Um, as promised, I'm joined by another serial entrepreneur. Uh, Chris Peterson is the co-founder of Future Execs Accelerator. 
And uh, Chris joins me here on the program. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Shalom. Absolutely. So, uh, Chris, uh, in uh, that brief bio, I mentioned a serial entrepreneur. I don't think that gives you uh, proper justice. You are uh, you have been out and about uh, in a number of businesses, um, but also in government. And prior to that, you are a uh, you are a retired uh, logistics officer in the U.S. Army. Uh, so, thank you for that. Um, let's talk about some of your. Uh, some of your entrepreneurial journeys before we get into uh, future execs. Um, what have you been doing? Well, so, I mean, from, as, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I'm kind of one of these guys who's an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> so my first business was a, uh, a, it was a military recruiting and software company that I founded while I was in business school at University of Illinois doing an MBA way back in, this was back in 2009. Um, and the story behind that was, Hey, the recession was at its absolute worst. There were no jobs for anyone coming out of business school. I was looking for a way to kind of get myself in front of employers. And I felt like the easiest way to do that since they weren't coming on campus was to create my own hiring conference. And uh, I did exactly that. And uh, I ended up getting, you know, turning that into a career at Procter & Gamble for about five years. But I kept that, uh, that conferences and software company on as a side hustle until eventually and kind of outgrew my capabilities, and I was able to move on to that full-time in 2015. And then uh, it just grew a lot, and we sold it in 2018. That's awesome, and I know that uh, you spend uh, some time on the side uh, speaking on entrepreneurship at the University of Cincinnati. Um, but right now what you're doing, Future Execs Accelerator, um, is really fascinating because you are uh, providing a lot of the ad- that advice and those experiences that you've had throughout your career um, two other folks. Let's talk a little bit about it. What is the uh, what is the uh, the elevator pitch for future execs? Well, I, I, the, the quick background on this was after I sold the company, I spent about six months later. I was trying to figure out my own life, right? Like you mentioned earlier, I got a lot of great work experience both as an entrepreneur and, and in the corporate world, and I just started to kind of I came to this realization that you know, as a mid career professional. Uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, but you, you're, sometimes it becomes kind of a career purgatory. And I, you know, I wasn't looking for a job fair. I wasn't looking for a headhunter. I was looking to find a way to meet the right people at the right time. And so I came up with this concept for uh, these sort of pop-up career accelerators for really focused groups of mid-career professionals that give them access to both different sectors within their industry that they may want to go explore. And then they have an, also have an opportunity to kind of meet a bunch of peers and influential companies in their same space. So when they're looking for their next opportunity, or, you know, maybe it's a business development opportunity at their own company, uh, they have a way to do that without having to hop online uh, or, you know, troll anyone on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And uh, I know, uh, again, I mentioned that you, uh, you are uh, adjunct uh, instructor on Lone Startup and Entrepreneur in Residence at the University of Cincinnati, um, which is where you are this evening, I believe. But um, yeah. is, is the work of future execs, is this a, uh, a national endeavor? Yeah. So the, the idea here is we're starting in Chicago, and our first accelerator program will be hosted in August. Uh, but our vision is to kind of take these and make them more geographically dispersed. And we see them popping up in cities around the United States. Uh, and we're focused on very specific functional areas. This first one's for marketers, and we're going to quickly advance into people who are working in finance or supply chain or talent. And uh, we just look at it as sort of this interesting new networking and career channel that sort of lives between 
the you know insanity of everything online and headhunting. Interesting. And on your website, you have a, a tagline, I guess, um, prominently profiled people, not profiles. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I think that what it means is that, you know, I love technology. Look, I, I, I'm not someone here who's going to bash it, but I think that when it comes to something as personal as your career and your relationships, it's kind of gotten out of hand. In fact, uh, we went out and we were developing the concept for future execs, and we interviewed over 70 different talent leaders and executives and professionals. And one of the things that we found that was very interesting was that a lot of employers are experiencing diminishing returns on their investments and a lot of the different recruiting and networking tech that they're getting because the world has become too, you know, they've sanitized kind of that recruiting and outreach experience. And we just felt like, you know, people are craving kind of a human connection when to build real relationships because they're so inundated with tech. And we just felt like, you know, we want to provide a forum for them to do that. Uh, interesting. And a forum indeed will be provided. It's uh, the program, the, uh, the high-level agenda is already set, and uh, it looks pretty impressive. Um, so let's talk about the ideal profile. I know on the website, which, again, we'll share with our listeners, um, you've got the eligibility criteria for both uh, the candidates as well as the employers. Um, but let's talk about that profile so, uh, so we identify exactly who uh, future execs is targeting. On the, uh, on the candidate side, um, you mentioned you're, you're starting with marketing. Um, what level of marketing professional are you uh, sort of uh, tapping into? Well, so experienced professionals, not people who are early career and not senior, senior executives. There's definitely other resources for them. Uh, we're really looking at mid-career professionals, someone with, we're, we're going to probably run two tracks, one for people who are two to 10 years deep into the industry, and then people who are sort of 11 to 20 years. And we're going to kind of run one, one accelerator, two tracks, and uh, yes, in, in this case, specific one, it would be people who work in kind of that brand marketing space. Very interesting. So I mentioned in your uh, in your uh, quick bio and quick intro um, that uh, you spent uh, uh, some time in the uh, in the army as a uh, as a logistics officer. How did you, I? I'm clearly uh, asking a lot of our uh, a lot of our guests that have uh, prior service. Um, how did that experience uh, sort of propel you and uh, give you some of the uh, the life lessons that allow you to be a successful entrepreneur today? Well, I think probably one of the biggest ones is when, when I was a, an army officer, one of the things that I always try to do is I kind of checked my ego at the door. And if you're going to be leading soldiers, which you know I did for many years on active duty. And your partner as well, I believe. Is, yeah, he's a West Point grad. Yep, Dave's a West Point grad. So yeah, he and I both, I mean, I think the biggest thing is you check your ego at the door and you're not afraid to get down and dirty and do all the work. Right. As an entrepreneur, particularly in the early days, you're doing everything right. You're you're building the website, you're setting the strategy, you're doing all the sales and just being in there and in the thick of it and really learning the business. That kind of gives you the credibility with your customers, helps you build the business. And you kind of got to get to know that that was the exact same thing uh, when I was on active duty where I didn't know anything about trucks. I didn't know anything about logistics. And I would get out underneath them with my soldiers just to kind of learn what they were doing and create that empathy. Uh, and I was not too proud to do those things. And I think that's the same thing in entrepreneurship. Absolutely. And I know that as you've, uh, as you've formed this venture, which uh, I know is not uh, your first rodeo in entrepreneurship, as we've been talking about, uh, you didn't uh, just put this agenda together, uh, again, launching in Chicago uh, very soon. Um, it's not just sort of throwing it on the wall and hoping it sticks, but you've actually uh, sort of gone through a process of interviewing 50-plus talent leaders, hiring managers, professionals, uh, to see 
how um, how they work. And basically, you've broken into that intersection between technology, but really, really focused on the people side of things, which is impressive. And uh, and clearly, those uh, those years in the army, both uh, both you and your partner have. Uh, have 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 learned well from that. So, uh, really, really fascinating background. Um, Chris Peterson from Future Execs Accelerator, and uh, the best is yet to come. Uh, launching in Chicago in just a few months. How can people learn more about the work that you're doing, and possibly if the uh, if the uh, eligibility uh, meets over there, how can they potentially sign up for this initial conference? So the first thing would definitely be to visit our website with all the information. That's futureexecs, F-U-T-U-R-E-X-E-C-S, kind of a blended word, dot com. And uh, if also people can, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn if they have any questions at Christopher D. Peterson, or you can just email me, Chris, at futureexecs.com. Fantastic. Chris Peterson, thanks so much for uh, for all that you're doing and uh, helping breaking that down. Uh, I'm excited to hear how things go. Uh, we'll certainly see you in Chicago in a couple of months, and I know you'll be able to help a lot of people. And be sure to send some of those people on Get Down to Business because we want to hear about all of those entrepreneurial successes. That's what the show is all about. Thanks for joining me on, on the air. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Shalom. Have a great evening. Absolutely. Well, coming up um, after a quick break, we will be chatting with our returning guest, Tom Mirabali, who is a health insurance expert. Uh, we're going to talk uh, current events. We're going to talk about some of the conversation on the political and uh, in the uh, in the current uh, sort of debate that's out there. Uh, lots to talk about, and he is indeed the expert on everything health insurance, uh, so we'll be continuing that conversation shortly. And also later in the program, we'll be talking about some uh, upcoming legislation here in Illinois um, that affects um, that affects everybody and everybody should be getting behind. So we'll get into that in just a little while. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the show. Get a sneak peek of who we'll be on next week. And a show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Chicago, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm thrilled to be joined by our returning guest, Tom Arabali, health insurance expert and independent agent. Tom, uh, welcome back to the thank program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to have you. Um, and nice in, to be here. Indeed, health insurance is something that everybody is talking about because it is the political season. It's a primary on the Democratic side. Um, and while we don't take sides over here, we do want to sort of dig into the conversation. So, uh, Tom, I know you've had a lot of thoughts in this uh, this Medicare for all discussion. Um, what say you, my friends? Well, I say that Medicare for all is Johnny come lately and lipstick on a pig because <laughs> we have had Medicaid for all for the last 50 years. So I don't know where the Democratic people or whoever is saying that we have to have socialized medicine when we've had Medicaid for 50 years or plus. If you don't, if you don't make enough money, like for a single person, you ha- to qualify for Medicaid, you have to make, and this isn't penny for penny, but it's around $17,000 a year. If you make below that, you're covered by Medicaid. There's no premium. You go to the Medicaid hospitals and doctors. If you have a, if you're a couple, husband and wife, it's around thirty-four thousand dollars a year, and you qualify for Medicaid. Again, no premium. You have to go in network to all the doctors that take Medicaid. So I don't know where these people are coming across with with the Medicare for all. So, uh, Tom, in preparation for the show, um, I did a little bit of research into the uh, into the proposals 
uh, being put on the table by all of the uh, by all the candidates. And it Great. seems like on the extreme side, you have uh, for the most part Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren that are talking about Medicare for all, Medicare for all, Medicare for all. And I know that you're saying, hey. This is the, we've had Medicaid. Sure. It sounds like in the moderate lane and a late breaking news as we came on the air, one of the folks in the moderate lane um, stepped out of the race, Pete Buttigieg. Um, but Amy Klobuchar um, and Joe Biden in particular, I noticed that they're saying that, hey, there should be some form of universal coverage, but they're saying that there still should be an independent marketplace. So what, what sort of comments do you have on, on, on their sort of proposal of let's scratch this whole Medicare for all and let's try to talk about universal coverage? Well, how did Obamacare work out for everybody? You know, premiums went up $2,500. Deductibles went up to $8,150 per person before you get covered at 100%. How much higher is it going to go? Now, you can argue this because last year... 2019, you had a $7,950 total out-of-pocket cost. Now, this year, it goes up, I'm sorry, $7,900. This year, it goes up to $8,150, and whoop-de-doo, your premium came down a couple of dollars. Oh, the prices are coming down. Yeah, but your out-of-pocket cost is $8,150. And a lot of doctors and hospitals do not take the PPO plans. So uh, I, I think that what we can agree on is that um, it, it, the uh, Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, whatever you want to call it, um, has, and we were just talking about that before coming <laughs> on there, what is it called? But um, it has evolved. That what started has certainly changed, um, both in the technology. We all remember Big that time. bungled website, oh, um, which was terrible. Um, but it certainly, uh, it, it's it's evolved. And right now, yes. you you have evolved. You have uh, made sure to make sure that the that your clients are well taken care of. So let's talk about. We always, whenever we have you on the, whenever we're fortunate to have you on the air, um, you always talk about some of the latest and greatest, and you make sure that everybody you always prominently say you are an independent agent. That's really important. You're finding the best plan for the people for Correct. the business. Correct. So what? Uh, tell us about some of the examples of people that you've helped lately. Well, I've been doing an awful lot of United Healthcare Golden Rule short term major medical PPO plans that has a humongously large network of doctors and hospitals. And you can use these, you can use virtually any doctor, any hospital. That's how big United Healthcare is. Um, I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, I've got a, a family of three, a 54-year-old wife, a 54-year-old husband, and an 18-year-old child. The cheapest plan on the, let's call it Obamacare, because I can't call it the Affordable Care Act because it's not affordable anymore. It's going to cost these folks $1,466 per month, per month. And that's with an $8,150 deductible or total out-of-pocket cost. I can give them a, a $2,500 deductible, 100% coverage for $444. Wow. Cost big savings. difference. Oh, yeah. Yes, big difference, ladies and gentlemen, over $1,000. Over $1,000. And I know that, again, you emphasize the custom solutions and uh, based on the specific needs of the individual or the business. And I know you can work with literally somebody that's just one person. Yes, sir. If you are starting a business and yes. you are looking for coverage, and this is something I hear from our listeners all the time, they're, they're petrified going into business on their own. They're petrified that they won't be covered. Tom Arabali, you can help them. I can do it in two ways. I could either do it with short-term or three ways, either the short-term major medical plans, Obamacare through Blue Cross Blue Shield, the Affordable Care Act, or I could do a group of one. 
And short term is really important. I want to emphasize that Um, short term. Sometimes people are in that phase of transition, especially entrepreneurs, when they're going from one business to potentially starting another business, you can help them and find that solution for them as well. Yes. Yes. Because most of the plans are month to month premiums. So you can drop it at any time. Okay. Well, you're, you're giving a lot of uh, good information, both uh, current events and everything. I want to make sure that our listeners can find you. Um, how can they uh, get in touch with you? I'm at 630-863-3477. Again, everybody, 630-863-3477. I am there seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You if sure I don't are. answer the phone, just leave your leave name and number and, and I will. Healthplanchicago.com. All right. Thanks, Tom Mirabali. We'll be right back. Thank you. Down to business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. And indeed, let's get back down to business. There is a bill, um, Illinois Senate Bill 110, the Surviving Spouse Amendment uh, to the Standard Homestead Exemption for Disabled Veterans. It's in the Illinois House Finance Committee, and there will be a hearing held um, it is, uh, it's been brought up year after year and it's been stuck. It's a really important amendment. And, uh, as a, uh, currently serving, uh, reserve officer in the United States army, I care deeply about this. That is why I have brought on, uh, Colonel Michael Peck, uh, who recently brought this bill to my attention, sir. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Sean. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. So let's talk about the bill and let's talk about some of your other advocacy work, um, uh, Colonel Peck, uh, tell us uh, what this bill does and why is it stuck? Well, uh, it's uh, stuck there because everybody's afraid of tax increases. Uh, this bill would affect less than 1,500 surviving spouses in Illinois, but it's it's hard to get representatives who've never been in the military and don't understand veterans' issues to, to understand this bill. Uh, so we have the Illinois Municipal League and we have the, uh, the Illinois Educational Association uh, working against us, but we have over 82 proponents, and all these cover the major veterans organizations supporting us. Absolutely, and uh, good for you for the advocacy, and obviously we're going to have a call to action over here. We're going to need um, all of the friends of Get Down to Business that care deeply about this issue, um, because you should care about this issue. This, uh, this affects those that have served and again, surviving spouse amendment. Um, so we're going to have that call to action. But let's talk a little bit about some of your other advocacy work. I know that you have uh, served in many capacities, um, both in Lake County as well as uh, throughout uh, throughout the state. You have a meeting coming up in Springfield in just a few weeks. What are some of the uh, success stories um, from the work that you have done? Well, it, just five years ago is when we passed the standard homestead exemption for disabled vets. We never thought we'd get that through. Um, but that was a bill that uh, we got Senator Terry Link uh, introduced, and uh, it took two years, um, but we, we got the bill through. And what that bill does, it pro- uh, provides a homestead exemption for veterans uh, over 70%. Uh, they pay no taxes if their homes were valued at less than uh, 250000 and then uh, there's a 5000 off at 50%. But that was a major accomplishment, getting that through. There's a bill currently going now, and it's Senate Bill 2293. And what that bill will do, it will allow guardsmen and reservists who have retired but don't have the active duty time to be admitted to the veterans' homes. And we're going to spend $250 million on the veterans' home in Quincy. So we might as well uh, you know, let these vet- veterans who have retired from the Guard and Reserve use it. 
Absolutely. And I know that you have a couple of other bills and we're going to squeeze in a lot of numbers over here. And we're going to post all of this information on my website, ShalomKlein.com, to make sure people can find it. Um, You're also involved in Senate Bill, I believe it's 1256, I believe, um, which uh, allows, uh, would transfer uh, state veterans uh, education benefits. And that's been introduced by Senator Mike Hastings. You have another bill on the table. Again, we talked about the uh, veterans homes. And um, you are also, I know, very involved in advocacy uh, for the employer support for Guard and Reserves, which is such an important issue, uh, which helps uh, make sure that uh, that those that are serving in the uh, Illinois National Guard or in the Army Reserves, that uh, employers are supporting um, and protecting those jobs. Um, you've uh, you've done a lot, both uh, both while uh, while serving as well as now uh, retired. Uh, what keeps you going? Well, it's, it's just the, uh, the the fact that I can take care of those veterans who've taken care of us. I mean, uh, a lot of my clients come to my office when I was superintendent for veterans assistance, and they said, Mike, why should I file a, a claim? I got both my arms and legs. And I said, well, you don't file a claim for yourself. You file a claim for your family. And that's why we're so, I want to be protected, these surviving spouses, and get the words out to them that they have benefits coming so that when the veteran passes away, the surviving spouse is taken care of. Absolutely. So um, in particular, I want to highlight that uh, this is the bill that uh, you brought to my attention, that Illinois Senate Bill 110. And uh, we need everybody to pick up the phone and call your representatives in the Illinois House. We need to get this out of committee. Um, So Illinois Senate Bill 110, uh, we need as much support as possible. I know since I heard about this last night, I've been working the phones and sending some emails and have already uh, been assured some support. Um, But we need uh, the more, the better. And there's a lot of other important issues that are clearly uh, on the priority list. Uh, Colonel Michael Peck, uh, you are involved with many organizations. How can people find out about some of these advocacy agendas and how they can get involved? Well, obviously, the, uh, I'm the vice chair for the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs Advisory Council. And you can go to the IDVA website, and uh, you can see some of the bills that we have listed there that, that the advisory council is recommending to the director and to the General Assembly. Uh, you know, as I said, on the advisory council, you have all the big organizations, American Legion, BFW, DAV. They're all represented, and we're all trying to go out and you know, get the support for what we consider our priority legislation. Absolutely. And uh, Colonel Peck, uh, how long uh, How long did you serve? Uh, 30 years, uh, six active, 24 reserve. So you certainly understand uh, the uh, the sacrifice that uh, that those that are serving either on the uh, active duty side as well as on the, uh, on the uh, reserve components. Um, and I know you spend a lot of time speaking uh, to various ROTC programs, uh, to encourage and provide uh, very valuable uh, mentorship and advice. Um, how's that experience been? It's been great. But again, uh, the ROTC cadets today, they don't realize or think about it, but we've been at war you know, in Afghanistan for 20 years. Uh, as a Vietnam veteran, uh, it took us eight years to get Agent Orange declared uh, as a dis- disability. And um, I go back when Lane Evans, my congressman, and I worked with Lane on that bill, and uh, one thing Lane got through, too, was the Court of Veterans' Appeals. Sure. Uh, back in the early 70s and that, we had no appeal rights on things. Well, Colonel Peck, we're going to have to leave it there. We're going to have you back on to talk about those advocacy agendas. Colonel Michael Peck, thanks so much for uh, all the advocacy that you're doing. Uh, be sure, uh, everybody, pick up the phone and make those calls. Uh, we'll be back and get done to business in a moment. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. I did something a little controversial this week. Well, I probably did a lot of controversial things this week, but there's one that I'm going to highlight today. Um, Earlier this past week, I guess, I uh, changed my voicemail greeting. I changed it um, to a message basically saying, don't leave me messages. I decided that I have too many devices and that I have too much that's pulling me all over the place. And voicemails was the thing that had to go. By the way, that does not mean that I uh, don't want to have a real communication with people. I do send a lot of emails. I do send a lot of text messages. I actually want to have more phone conversations, but I want to have meaningful conversations. When I have a conversation with somebody, I don't want to be rushing through the conversation because I have call waiting or because I'm late for a meeting. I like to be on time. In fact, I like to be early to meetings. Um, And that's why I decided I don't want to take voicemails anymore. So I changed my message. um, And I, in that message, I gave uh, people the option. I give my, uh, my personal email address that people can email me. They can text message me to schedule a call. If I'm scheduling my day correctly, um, usually I'm starting my day very early in the morning, going until pretty late at night. Um, and every hour of my day is scheduled with another meeting. And in between those meetings, if I'm driving from point A to point B, I'm scheduling a phone call. But again, I have very specific increments of those calls and meetings that I, that I schedule and, uh, and that means that I can, if I tell you I'm going to call you at a certain time, I will call you at that time. It's just hard to take those interruptions all day long. So that was my controversial act of the week. And so far, it's been working really brilliantly, actually. I was worried that I'd have a, uh, a tough reaction uh, to that step and people would say I'm being rude or people would say I'm being a typical millennial and av- avoiding conversations. I'm not avoiding conversations at all. In fact, I want to encourage more conversations, but meaningful conversations. So you can, uh, you can always go to my website, always schedule a call uh, with me. I'd love to talk with any of our listeners. would love to schedule those cups of coffee, of course. Um, but uh, if you call me randomly during the week on my cell phone, chances are I won't answer, and chances are you won't even be able to leave a voicemail um, because you'll hear that message saying, hey, email me at XYZ email address or send me a text, and I will respond very quickly, and indeed, I will respond very quickly. Um, and often the reason, and this goes beyond me and my personal side of things, often the reason you won't hear back from somebody immediately is I give the benefit of the doubt. They have something going on in their life. Probably something big has happened in their personal life, an emergency that has taken them away. You know, I've, I'm always the, uh, in the army, we call it uh, catastrophizing. Um, some people in their mind, they immediately go to worst case scenario. I wouldn't say I go to worst case scenario when I, uh, when somebody doesn't respond to me immediately, but I'm immediately starting to think of all of the hypotheticals and all of the things. In fact, I'm probably more of an, uh, of an optimist thinking that, oh, they're probably busy. The business must be great. But think that if you have had a long-term relationship with somebody, either personally or professionally, and you haven't heard from them, probably something big has been going, has been going on. Don't immediately assume that they're mad at you or that your business relationship is through. They also probably has, have not received your most recent correspondence. It happens more than you realize. As I just mentioned, voicemail was the thing for me that had to go. Sometimes people are just overwhelmed with that, uh, with their emails or their messages or their voicemails, and they just maybe missed a message. That sometimes happens. And sometimes they might not be responding to you because they haven't made a decision. Sometimes people have that decision paralysis where they need to take some time to think 
before responding. By the way, that's a perfectly admirable character trait to think before you talk. I think we could use a little bit more of that in our day-to-day business life. So as I made this list of all of the reasons, I realized that I'm actually guilty of all of those things, or at least some of those things. In fact, as I say this right now, there's at least two emails that I haven't responded to because I haven't figured out what to say. I haven't made a decision. I'm not sure when I will make a decision. I'm not sure when we should speak again. I'm ghosting them. Yikes. So uh, I would love to hear what you have to say about all of this, my voicemail decision and that ghosting uh, monologue over there. Give me a, uh, give me a uh, call, but do that through my website, ShalomKlein.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at ShalomKlein. Be sure to check out our sponsors, TandemHR, TandemHR.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday.